0: Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Hey, good
1: evening and welcome to Miracles in Recovery. I, again, am in the studio alone. I don't know. I think I'm starting to get a complex, Ellen. (laughs)
2: I'm so sorry. Okay, next week we'll be back to normal.
1: No, nah, that's 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 okay, and I, I know I know family takes precedence, and and that's what you're dealing with. So um, just make sure you you're driving safely. That's all.
2: Uh, I've got my son at the at the helm, so everything everything's safe.
1: You're sitting in the back seat.
2: No, I'm sitting in the front, but um, like I said, he he would never ride in a car that I was driving. So so I was going to say,
1: you trust trust him more than he trusts you, I guess, right?
2: Well, maybe. I think it's about equal, (laughs) but it's better for him to drive than me.
1: (laughs) Okay, let's get to it. We have David Essel on the line with us, and his most recent book is Focus, Drop the Law of Attraction, Slay Your Goals, The Proven Guide to Huge Success, A Powerful Attitude, and Profound Love. Thank you very much. That's all we have for the hour, folks. Hi, David. How are you?
3: At the very least, before we end the show, tell them where they can get the book.
1: <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying that's a whole mouthful. That took a whole hour to say. <laughs> So how hey, are you doing Alice, tonight, David? And
3: Bray, it's always great to be back with you guys, and I sincerely appreciate you in, in, including me in this awesome program.
1: No, hey, you know something? It's always great. We always have a good. It's like like the the crowd just comes. Like the international crowd just comes when they when they know you're going to be on the line. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah.
2: So yeah, we always have a great time with David.
1: Amen. So I know you. I know you have a couple of things. A couple of things. Um, you know, I was just going to say in the works, but that's probably not a a saying that we should probably use on an addiction show. Um, <laughs> you probably you have a few things coming down the down the line, and, and we'll we'll get into those as we get through. But how would, how is sales of uh, focus? How is the, how is that book selling?
3: Well, you know, we went. It, it came out uh, January eighteenth. And it went number one bestseller on Amazon uh, about three months later. And just to give you a comparison, the book before that, that went number one on Amazon, it took about eight months to go number one. So in three months, Ray and Ellen, this brand new book, Focus, Slay Your Goals, went number one, faster than any book I've ever had in my life, and I have to give credit to my very good friend, celebrity Jenny McCarthy, for, I'm sure, a a, a nice portion of those sales, because she wrote the forward to the book. And, you know, whenever you have someone with that clout, who believes in you, who has you on her radio show, and then takes the time to write the forward to your book, you know it's going to go places. And and, you know, and I, I love to give credit where credit is due. And I've told other people during interviews that, you know, when they said, how the hell did your book go number one in three months? And I say, well, first of all, it's a good book.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, of course. Well, of
3: course. You know, it, it, it's got to be a good book to, to do great sales. Um, but then the other thing is, you know, we had a foot in the door to go number one because we had a celebrity endorsing us. And, you know, not just any celebrity. Now, of course, you know, Everyone in her position has detractors. But she is one of the most positive, most uplifting celebrity interviewers that I've ever been on a show with.
1: Huh. Good to know. Yeah, she really is. Now, I mean, I know, you know, I know I've seen her in interviews and stuff like that, and she has a, a bubbly attitude, you know what I mean? So I can imagine where that comes off in a conversation about, um this type of um help yeah it it only yeah, makes and, sense know, yeah
3: and, and she's really i mean you know she has a positive attitude but she's also very real and i think that's part of her attractiveness you know i've been on her show i think 6 times now guys and um and every time because you know my work is in the world of personal growth just like your guys work is in the world of personal growth And whenever we're talking about a topic, I'll say to Jenny, I'll put her on the spot and I'll say, I'm sure you've experienced this in the world of dating, or I'm sure you've experienced this with your career. And she will be flat out guys up front and go, David, like in the world of dating, the very first time I brought that up and I said, Jenny, do you have anything to add about the craziness of the world of dating? She said, oh, yeah, I was the
2: insane one. (laughs) (laughs) And she she would laugh. I liked her when she was on The View. Oh, I loved her then. I um, did, too.
3: Yeah, you know what? And But she wasn't a good match because... No,
2: but she really added a lot to that show, and I liked her on it. You know, I've watched that show off and on for years and years and years since it first came on, and I really liked her on it. I was very sad when she left.
3: You know, and 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 her leaving, I honestly believe that it was because so many of the other women were intimidated by her.
1: Uh, very well could be. Yeah, I bet be. it was. Yeah, that, yeah, that makes you
3: sense. And, and they gave, you know, they, they did not give her a lot of credit for what she brought to the show. But And, and let me tell you why people are intimidated. She's gorgeous as hell. She's got right. an amazing body. But those are the first two things people see. She is one of the smartest freaking women I've ever talked to in my life. She is one of the funniest women when you get her going. You know, she's a comedian for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know she does stand-up comedy, and she's an actress, and all those other kind of things. But when you put that together, when you have someone who's funny, who's smart as hell, and who's gorgeous, there's a lot of women in this world that can't handle that.
2: Right. Uh, that, that, well, that, you, know, you know, there's, a lot, of, there's a lot of there's
3: a lot of people think, that, see, that see, can't Ray, handle that. No, you're you're right, Ray and Ellen. Yeah, there's a lot of people in general that can't handle it. You know, it's like. Um, you know, who, and like the very first thing, when you look at a beautiful woman or a very attractive guy, a lot of people through their brain, you know, like, well, who do they think they are? You know, and they must've gotten, you know, they must've got this show by screwing someone or they're using their sex to uh-huh. further their career. It you know, and it's like, yeah, if you're that attractive, hell yeah, use it in your favor.
1: You know, something, something you said, just, just, um. I was the crazy one. It, it yeah. brings me back to the focus of addiction and recovery. I was the crazy one. I mean, maybe what we can speak of as a topic is dating someone who's an addict or having adult children who are addicts. And um, maybe we can reach out to those people and see if we can't help with their struggle. Because, like, I mean, I, I know that I walked around, like, Chaotic. And anybody else who came for the ride, I I was just an emotional terrorist to them. And I didn't really care of how they felt. And after the fact, I was trying to repair me. um, I still really had to focus on me. I mean, yeah, granted, I, I made my amends and I did the things that I was supposed to do, but I never really ultimately got to look back and look at the damage I did to personal relationships along the way.
3: And I think that's pretty common for us, all of yeah. us, Ray. You know, one, one thing when Jenny said that she was the crazy one, let me explain a little bit what she meant. She was the enabler. And that was ah. the insanity that she brought to the relationship. She said, "David, I'd look at a guy, and he'd be selling me on how his artwork is going to be, you know, next to, uh, you know, uh, Warhol, or mm-hmm. you know, his 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 new his book that he's been working on for 20 years is going to outsell the Bible." Or, and she <laughs> said, no, I would be attracted to these guys who had potential but were lazy." or who had potential, but were addicts, or who had potential. And she said, My, the crazy making that I brought to the relationships is that I would get involved with them, and I would enable them to stay in their fantasy world until we got into some kind of blow-up, and then it would crash and burn, and then I'd go out and do it again. Right. Um, you know. And when we're talking about dating someone who's an alcoholic or an addict and you're not, or if you're, you know, a parent of an adult child who's an alcoholic or an addict, and you're not, it's, it's so difficult to look in the mirror and to say, what's my role in the insanity with my partner, or what's my role in the insanity with my adult child? That's a tough thing to answer.
2: It really is, David, and I, you know, I can speak from experience as a parent of an addict. It's... You know, it was insidious. It starts young. You don't, you know, and I had, I never knew any alcoholics or addicts growing up. I didn't have any experience with it. I mean, there was one guy at work, but I didn't know him really well. I just didn't, I mean, there probably were others I just didn't know. And when it starts happening with the child, you know, usually teenager, and it's, it's at least in my case, it was kind of a slow you know, and, but it's progressive. And, you know, by the time my daughter was 18, she was a full-blown, you know, opioid addict, but I didn't even know. And then I, you know, my first thought was, well, you know, I'll send her to the best rehab in the country and they'll fix her right up. Mm-hmm. Like that.
1: Yeah. And that worked, you know, right?
2: It you know, just went downhill from there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, many, many, many rehabs, jails and, all the all the places you can send them, and the only thing that I knew to do was try to help. I was the mom, and and the only the only thought that I had was that I must have done something wrong, or she wouldn't be this way.
1: Right now, I'm wondering because that's a that's a common reaction, you know. I mean, I being being on the other side, I hear that a lot. I hear a lot of a lot of family members or a lot of parents saying, "Where did I go wrong?" Exactly. Um, and, and I'm wondering if that's just not the initial knee-jerk reaction of the disease grabbing them right there. Where did I go wrong? So my part in this is becoming the enabler because I, did, I wronged my child somehow.
2: Well, you, do you think if, there, if it's something I did wrong, I can fix it. And that, that leaves me some modicum of control. Yes. You know, everything's spinning out of control. I want to be able to control it because this is awful. And, and it's very, very difficult to get your mind around the fact that you can't. Well, you know, I, I'll give you guys
3: an example with one of my clients. Um, there is there's a, a client, opiate, speaking of opiate addicts, there is a, a client I worked with a number of years ago who was around 24, 25, and his parents had put him through multiple rehab centers before he came in and started working with me. And uh, right away, I always say to the parents, you know, I really think it's a good idea if you work with me separately while I work with your child. And guys, 98% of parents say it's not me, it's them. And, and in some cases, Ellen, there is no role the parent plays. And I'm, I'm speaking from a, as a counselor and as uh, a life coach. I can tell you in some cases there is no role whatsoever that the, the parent plays. In the case of the client, except for enabling them once they found out they were an addict. but what I'm saying is you, if, if your daughter went off track at, let's say 15, and that was you about were, it <laughs> okay, and you were present as a mom and you were at school functions and you were actively engaged as a mom, but you were naive to the world of alcohol, drugs, et cetera, et cetera, you may not have had a role in the beginning of her addiction, your role may have come in after you put her through seven rehabs and she stole X amount of dollars from you, et cetera, et cetera, because that's what the world of enabling is. But this this kid that I was working with, when I told his parents I'd really like to work with them, and the parents said, no, it's, it, this isn't our problem. It's his problem, and we're going to pay you whatever it takes to get him clean. I knew that there was a problem in the household. And, right. Um, you know, and right away I found out that he had stolen already three hundred thousand dollars from them uh, over the course of the year. What'd you say?
2: I said not surprising at all. Oh,
3: no. I know it's not at all. And um, you know, and but but when I finally got the mom on the phone because you know the the the, the child, well, twenty four year old child, was lying to me every session, and I was catching him in a million lies constantly. And because I'm a former addict and alcoholic, it's really hard to pull the wool over a former alcoholic addict's eyes, but it's really easy to pull it over someone who's never had a substance addiction. And I, I called the parents. I said, hey, you know, I, I need to find out how much money he's stolen from you. And she said, how do you know he stole money? And I said, oh, my God, he's been an addict for six years, uh, you know, an uh, opiate addict for six years. And she said, OK, it's, it's 300000 I said, and what was the first amount? It was $10,000 out of the safe at home. And what was the second amount? Another $10,000. And I said, let me finish your statement, out of the same damn safe at home.
0: <laughs> right,
3: right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I said, that's called enabling. If, if you don't have the wherewithal to realize that once he did it one time, he was gonna do it seven more times,
2: that's your role. But you don't. You don't. Then that's that's the whole problem. You know, you can't believe that your child would do this, and then you can't believe that they would do it again. Now, by the third time, you start believing it. Yeah. But, you know, because they weren't that way before this happened, it's very, very difficult to get your mind around the fact that they've turned into this person. And
3: and then let me take it a step further with this couple, Ellen, when I finally... Got, the only way I got the mom into the office was when I fired the child as a client. <laughs> and, and then, and, and I called her and I said, hey, I just want to let you know that your child is, is coming home and they will not be coming back to work with me. And she lost it. She started crying. Oh, my God, what did he do? And I said, well, he's lied every, every time I see him. He's trying to bullshit me about X, Y, and Z. I said, you guys gave him two grand to give me, right? And she said, yeah. And I said, so he came in and told me that you haven't given him any money for me. (laughs) Of course. course. Yeah. Yeah. And and I said, rule number
2: one, never give an addict money. Exactly. And I said, and what are you doing when this kid has
3: been an addict for all these years giving him cash? Like, see,
1: that's the insanity of the enabler. Right, right. You know, and the and the thing about that is, is the thing about that is, is that you know, like she said, never give an addict cash. I uh, we're coming up on a break here, and I want to something about cash just popped into my mind. The number six thousand. $6,000 Six thousand dollars for, as a matter of fact. David has a uh, a sweepstakes giveaway. It's a six thousand dollar life coach counseling sweepstakes giveaway. Over six hundred winners will be randomly selected in this free sweep sweepstakes. We're going to pick it up on the other side, and David can explain it, and maybe we can go back into this topic as well. But we're just up on a hot break, so I didn't I didn't want to cut you off, but I had to. So we'll be back in a moment.
2: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
3: Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness.
2: Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent
0: Ready to transform your health and your world? Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
2: Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that'll help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show.
1: Hey, welcome back. We have Ellen and David on the line. Ellen is somewhere in Georgia and... David is on the west coast of Florida, and I'm on the east coast of Florida. So um, David was telling us ultimately this story about some parents, and I had to cut him off because of break. And I figured we would speak real quickly about this sweepstakes giveaway you have, how people can reach out to it, how people can get involved, and then we'll go back to the story of the parents because I'm sure that's a great story. Yeah.
3: Yeah, you know what, guys? This is so fun. Last year we did a $3,000 life counseling and life coach Sweepstakes giveaway, and this year we doubled it. We're doing a $6,000 life counseling, life coach, Sweepstakes giveaway. People can join at no charge whatsoever. There's going to be over 600 winners, and all they have to do is go to our website, talkdavid.com, T-A-L-K-David, talkdavid.com. Right on the homepage, they'll see the $6,000 Sweepstakes giveaway giveaway. And there's going to be about 300 people that are going to win um, something that you guys are really familiar with. We put out a five-day-a-week motivational video program called David Essel's Daily Video Boost. So 300 people are going to win that absolutely free. They're going to be getting a motivational video every morning when the sweepstakes end. Another 300 people, guys, are going to win for free our brand-new two-hour online video course, called Focus to help them achieve any goal that they have in life. And then there's going to be two people that are going to win one-on-one phone counseling and coaching sessions with me, whether it's about addiction recovery or codependency or finances or weight loss, whatever they want to work on. So if your listeners, Ray and Ellen, would go to our website right now, talkdavid.com, they can sign up for free, and when we have the, the 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 drawing it's going to be a randomly selected drawing, hopefully some of your listeners will win
1: yeah and hopefully hopefully what we can do is um if the winners say it's okay, we can announce the two grand winners that get the um the prize. And and those names will be Ray Lynch and Ellen Arnold. Um, <laughs> <because I> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> that would be funny. And uh, yeah. you know No, so, I, so, I that that wouldn't even be right now that I just said it. <laughs> but uh <laughs> so you know I think it's awesome that you that you put these uh tools out there for people to use because there's a because The disease of addiction is a lot of, or let me, the recovery recovery aspect of addiction, you have to grab it and you have to walk with it. You can't just be another bozo on the bus and sit there and and think you're going to get it. You have to be an active participant. And the things that you put out there allow the individual to be an active participant. I know every morning, Monday through Friday at four Oh two, unless it's late four Oh three, I'm going to get your video. And as yeah. soon as I wake up, I push it. I'm still laying in bed. I push it and I listen to the two, two to four minute video of whatever it is. And, and I, I go about my day now during that time, there are moments when I bounce back to those first couple of minutes that I'm awake listening to what it is that you're sharing about. You share, uh, you know, uh, immense topics. So if it's something that doesn't really – um pertain to me at the moment, it will sometime during the day in one way yeah. or another. So that's definitely a gift that you're giving to to people that are looking and searching for a better way to live, you know?
3: You know, Ray, thank you a ton. We have a, a client that I work with who's in a, a program. He's from London, and I, I, I do a Skype call with him every Monday morning. So today we did a Skype call. He's with me because he's been in a 14-year marriage, and he is the extreme codependent. He's an outro- he has allowed his alcoholic wife to just run the show for 14 years. And he said to me today, he goes, you know, we've, I've only been working with him three weeks. And he said, I can't tell you what it means to wake up every day and to have access to something to start my day on the right foot as I struggle deeply with my codependency. Right. You know, and he just said this morning what you just said right now, Ray. You know, so, yeah, we, we want people to have access to tools that they don't have to think twice about. Like, that's why we send it right to everyone's email box. So there's no excuses. You know, we're not saying, hey, go try to find David Essel's YouTube channel because there's a new video every day. We just go, no, once you're a member, bam, it's coming right to you.
1: Yeah, and I think at that, I mean, you know, with somebody who is new in searching for whatever it is that they're searching for, they don't necessarily grab the wheel. At least this way, you're putting the wheel in their hands. All they have to do is hit play on the video, you know, and it's so much easier that way. If I had to go search for it today, I would probably say that maybe three out of the five days I would. But now I know that it's in my email, I just roll over and I turn it on. And it's, it's so easy. It's easy access that way. It's, it's the best way to get it. That's the best thing that you – that's the best gift that you could give anyone. And, and, I, and I, think it's, I think it's fantastic that you do that. Thank you. And we're going to have
3: 300 people at the end of the sweepstakes automatically win this. And so they don't have to spend a penny. All they've got to do is just sign up at talkdavid.com for the sweepstakes guys, and they might be a lucky winner and get on the, the email list.
1: When does it start and when does it end?
3: Uh, it started, what's today? July. It started July 1st, so just a few weeks ago, um, and it ends September 1st, and, and so people have you know, plenty of time to do it, but we always say to people, just do it now. It's just like getting clean and sober. You know, act now. Don't procrastinate and put it on your list and say you're going to do it, you know, this weekend. Just go right to talkdavid.com and act now, and then you don't have to think about it anymore.
1: It, oh, oh, so it's register once. It's not register as many times as you can. And No, it's just one opportunity. Okay. Good to know. That way yeah. somebody's not trying to get back in there the second, third, fourth, fifth day. So it's Thank register you. once. You, you Do it. Do it. It's done with... You'll get the glory at the end because, right. you know, I, 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 even, even if you don't, you don't win the, um, daily video, it's something that you should look into because I think it's incredible that, that it's right at my, I mean, I have to, I have to on days that I wake up grumpy, listen to positive David, but. <laughs> on days <laughs> on days when my acceptance level is okay, I get to listen to positive David, and the message the message carries with me throughout the day. and and if not if I'm not fully aware of it, somewhere during the day it pops into into my uh, memory bank. you know, and and I think that's that's awesome that' that you give that to people. So let's get back to the story about the parents. You yeah. I kind of cut you off. Yeah, so, and, and Alan brought up
3: something really important for parents of adult children who are addicts um, or uh, addicts of any age, is that a lot of times, the very first thing is, where did I go wrong? What did I do? How did I screw up? Um, and as, you know, I was mentioning earlier, there are many times that parents actually don't do anything to screw up um, other than once their child, they find out their child's an addict is that they enable. But with this couple that I was talking about where the son had stolen $300,000 and I, 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 you know, I had the conversation with the mom and she couldn't believe that, you know, how she couldn't believe her son after stealing money for six years, wouldn't steal another two grand from her is beyond us, but that's the role of codependency and enabling. So while I had her on the phone and she was asking me, you know, would I take her son back? And I said, no. Um, You know, we have rules and, you know, I don't have time to work with someone that's going to lie to me. I don't have time to work with manipulators. Um, I don't have time to work with people who aren't going to do the work. There's a lot of people in this world that are hungry to heal. And then there are the manipulators. So Mm -hmm. I was explaining this to her. She totally got it. And she said, you know, this is probably something, the attitude that you have, David, is probably the attitude that my husband and I should have had with our son ever since he was a little boy. And right away, there's a huge red flag that jumped up in my head, and I said, go ahead and explain your parenting style from when your child was born and he's 24 years of age because it probably hasn't changed. And she said, you're right. We have spoiled him. We have trusted him when he's betrayed us. We don't want to rock the boat. My husband will scream and rant and rage at him. But, guys, there's one thing that's missing When you scream and rant and rage, and if someone is screaming and ranting and raging over and over again, that means they're codependent because the screaming, the ranting, and the raging is called setting boundaries, which sounds great, but if there's no consequence to the screaming, yelling, and raging, then the child, as we're talking about right now, or the partner, totally loses respect for us. So when when we're saying if you're out at 2 a.m. again and you come home drunk, that's the last time you're going to sleep in this bed and they do it again and again and again, that child does not respect us at all. And that's what this, this mom and dad had done. They had spoiled this boy to the nth degree when he was little. He became entitled. He grew up as an entitled young man. They never reinforced any type of consequence. They would yell and rage that he, you know, ever since he was little, he wouldn't do his homework and he wouldn't make his bed, and they screamed and yelled, but there was never consequences. So they raised an entitled individual that became an addict, and as he stole money and they raged and yelled and screamed, there was still no consequence. Mm,
1: you and know, sadly,
3: what what's that?
1: I was going to say, sadly, um, we've raised a whole generation of entitled uh, children, but whether they be addicts or not. And and I don't necessarily know if, if it was, I mean, granted, it's, you know, somebody has to take responsibility, but I don't necessarily know if it was because our parents were so Strict that we kind of like let all of that other stuff go, and we coddled our children to entitlement because we
2: didn't like the way we had been treated.
1: Right, exactly.
2: Right. So we flipped yeah. it around, and and actually got a worse result. Yeah, <laughs> I mean I, I, that's my opinion. Of course, I'm sure. I'm sure you know the world is full of of different types of people, but. We do have an entitled generation because they were raised with a lot more money. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, in general, a lot, you know, kids today were raised more. with a lot more money. Moms were working; they weren't at home anymore. Yeah, you know, I had a lot of mother guilt about that. My kids had to go to daycare from the time they were six weeks old because I had to go to work.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But you know, we had a lot more money than my parents had, and you know, we did the uh, particularly. You know, the dad thing of raging and yelling and threatening. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's very hard to, you know, kick your child out of the house. I've done that. Um, also let them come back because you start seeing how horrific the life is that they're living and that they're going to die. Right. So you let yeah. them come up.
1: Yeah, that's right. You know, it and, and I don't know, I don't know... Um, what happens in in that in that aspect? You know what I mean. Like I was the person that was put out. I was the person that, but I was also the one that was let back in. And and like David was saying, that just gave me. You know, you, you do that again, and and this is gonna, and it never happened because I got put out. I was let back in. I was put out. I was let back in. Right. So it was that revolving door. So you know what happened when I had a revolving door at home. I also had a. Re- revolving door once I started embracing, um, or not embracing, but once I started finding myself in detox, it was a revolving door because that's how I set the parameters of my life. And when I went to 12-step recovery meetings, there was a revolving door as well for me there until I could ultimately get out of my own way to say, wait a minute, I need to change who I am because the person that I am is going to keep jumping back and forth until he either ends up in jail forever or he dies. And ultimately, I had to change me because that entitled kid, I mean, I was entitled and, and I was brought up in the 60s and 70s. And I was still entitled only because um, it was easier to pacify me than it was to have to deal with all the other six children versus me, you know, so... um I ultimately had to change me, and that kid that that kid that lied to you and and stole and all of that stuff. Until he ultimately changes, he's going to lie to the next guy. He's going to steal from the next people. He's just going to keep doing what he's doing and forging that path of um, destruction until he hits the road of redemption.
3: Yeah, and you know, guys, in in, in the world. You know, part of the hat, one of the hats I wear as an addiction recovery counselor, my approach to that has changed dramatically in the last 24 years. Um, I used to be incredibly um, patient, and I used to allow people to get away with murder and then to still work with them. Um, And I've really changed that tune over the years. I'm not a hard ass, but I do say to people, you know, if you're going to lie, if you're going to tell me, like uh, I, I let another person go about six weeks ago, working with a husband and wife, the husband's a, a raging alcoholic. Uh, every other week, he just goes off on a binge for two or three days. They've got two little kids. Uh, they've been d- to doing this dance for 20 years. The wife is an outrageously high-end codependent enabler. And, you know, so when, I, when they came in, I, I met with them once the first time together, and then I don't do couples counseling. I don't believe in it. I work with them individually. And the guy, you know, I'm saying, okay, I want you to do this. And and part of it was he had been in several rehab centers and blah, blah, blah. And I I said, okay, you know, the only way that you're going to get, you're going to actually save your marriage because your wife, she's talking a good game, is close to divorcing you. I don't think she ever will because she's been saying it for 20 years. That's what codependent and enablers do. Um, But I, I said, you know, this is not a one day at a time gig with me. I don't believe that. You're 20 years an out- raging alcoholic. You don't need one day at a time. You need to commit to sobriety for the rest of your life. And if you can't do that and work the program, I can tell you how to get there. And, and the program we teach will get you to sobriety for the rest of your life. But I'm not going to hold your hand and baby step mm-hmm. you and watch you, you know, claim that relapse is part of recovery and all that bullshit because it's not. No, you're right. You know, after- you know, I, I'm, I'm going to actually hold firm. My feet and your feet are both in the fire. And if you do what we know works, you will be, an, you will be the greatest role model for your, your two kids. You're not right now. You suck as a role model for your children. You suck as a role model as a husband uh, for your wife. But we can turn that all around. The only thing I'm going to ask you is to get serious and to throw this crap at one day at a time out commit to sobriety for the rest of your life, you will rock this world. So, of course, the first several weeks, he's telling me, yes, yes, yes. You know, he's just bullshitting me. And then (laughs) then I, I got him back together, him and his wife, and I had said that I'd sent her home with an exercise to write up a contract. And the contract states this, for the sake of our marriage, and even more importantly, for the sake of our children, you, the husband, agrees to give up all forms of alcohol and or drugs if that was something you were going to cross a dick to because we always look ahead. (laughs) Yeah, right. You you, you will sign the contract and you'll come into the office and if you choose to drink again, your wife will deliver divorce papers the next day. Now, I sent them both home to work on the contract. I said, I'm not going to make the contract. That's up to you guys.
1: Yeah, no, you can't
3: do that. Yeah. Yeah, they went home. They wrote up the contract. They brought it in. Again, I don't normally work with couples, but in this instance, I said, I'm going to work with you both as we sign the contract. The wife pulls it out of her purse, a copy for me, for him, for her, and he looks at her and he goes, I'm not signing this shit. Now, he Uh was the guy that seven days earlier, when I had given the assignment to them to create the contract in my office, he said, great, not a problem. And so I looked at him and I said, what did you just say? And he looks at his wife and he starts laughing at her. If, and she goes, you help me write this. He goes, yeah, you really think I'm going to sign that piece of crap? Nah. And, he, and, and then he wow. goes, take, take my word for it. I'm not going to drink anymore. And I go, oh, my Lord. You've been saying that for 20 years. If you don't sign this, your work with me is over. I'll keep working with your wife. But your work with me is over. And he wouldn't right. find it. You know? So, I mean, and, and now, you know, I pray, and of course, that was the last time I saw them, and he forbade her to come back in and work with me. And listen to this guy. He forbade her to go back to Al Anon.
0: Uh.
2: Did she listen to him?
3: Oh, yeah. That's what codependent uh. helps do.
1: Yeah, because that's how that's how strong her yeah. codependency is. It's you know it's and and it's and it's re- very rampant out there. And and until she can ultimately break her own personal cycle, she's stuck along for the ride with him. If if it's, if he's well, still alive. Yeah, and you know well, what's it's, so it's sad? like you
2: say. I think the, the, the family has to reach a saturation point too. You know, you always say you had to reach your yeah. saturation point before you could get uh-huh. into recovery. The family does too. And you know, some people can take a lot. Yeah, well, you know what,
3: Alan, though? I mean, I struggle with this. It's, it's, you know, when we say, what is a bottom? Uh, uh, there is no such answer to a bottom other than no. a choice to change. Right. That's what a bottom is. You know, someone's bottom could be one hangover and someone else's could be seven DUIs. Right. Um, in the world of codependency, you know, for, for one family, uh, you know, having a child steal $100 can be their bottom. And for someone else, it could obviously be 300000 or more. So there is no such thing as a bottom other than when someone wakes up and says, no more. That's their bottom. Whenever, And, and it could be after one time or after a thousand times.
1: Right and that's why that's why I choose not to use bottom because I always once I once I committed to a bottom I always found a shovel you know okay. so I, I I try to use because it because it fits me. I got to my saturation point. In other words, I couldn't take it anymore. I was done. I know there's another bottom out there for me. There always is, right? Because because being an addict or an alcoholic, if you choose to pick up again, uh, shame on you. But I mean, if you choose to, then you're going to you're going to open a floodgate to all of that crap again. So you know. There's, there's no way – I can't say that I reached my bottom because I, I I didn't. I kept diving down further and further and further. And and like I said, when I got to my saturation point was when enough was enough and it was either choose life or death, that's when I said, okay, I don't want to die. I may not want to live right this moment, but I really don't want to die. And, and that kind of motivate, motivated me to start walking back out of the woods.
2: Well,
3: I, you know, well, I, I, would, for, I
1: would hold. Go ahead, Ellen.
2: Well, I was going to say, I think for the family, you know, my biggest fear was she's going to die because a lot of them are. And how would I live with myself if I said no to coming home and, you know, she went out an overdose that night? That's. fear that I think keeps a lot of people enmeshed with their addicts. You know, they just don't want them to die and they're terrified.
3: And, you know, it's kind of a very convoluted look at a false sense of control. Right. Like, we think if we're there for them that they're not going to die. They could die in, Mm. in, in their bedroom, in your house, air conditioning running, They just ate, and they could go, and and because we don't know if they're injecting what is all in uh, heroin these days, they could die in the comfort of a $7,000 bed in your house.
1: Right. And so we,
3: we, we have this false sense of control, Alan, in the world of codependency, that as long as I am there for them constantly, as long as I keep bringing them back, they will be okay, and that's that false sense of control.
2: I, I think you're exactly right. It's just very, very difficult to get head up, because when oh. the control is gone, what's left? It's scary.
3: It's very scary, and i'm not I'm not making light of this in our conversation. It's one of the scariest decisions parents have to make, or a partner who's listening to the show. Who's codependent and their partner is the alcoholic addict? Um, you know, it's it's a very difficult. I, a number of years ago, when I was hosting my own radio show, we got a, a woman from Houston. Actually, I was sitting in on a uh, no, a Dallas radio show. I was filling in for a host in Dallas, and uh, the ABC affiliate there, which I forget what the the call letters are, but a, a great station. And we were talking about addiction recovery and homelessness and this woman called the show and it was this most amazing story of how she had been outrageously codependent with her daughter out on the roads looking for her finding her on the side of the road over or passed out because she was a, both an alcoholic and an opiate addict and would drag her back home and you know and then there were some nights where that you know that she would be frantically looking all over the streets for her and the daughter was in the basement sleeping and and she finally she reached this place where she said to the daughter, "Here's fifty dollars. Here's six sandwiches. Here's a thermos of coffee. Whenever you choose to change your life, come back. Until then, I will never answer the door again."
0: Hmm.
1: Worried you know. Difficult.
2: And I think yeah, you know, a lot of people end up having to do that. It's, it's difficult. Yeah you know when yeah, but, you
1: when but, you think of it when you think of it the whole ride is scary you know when it, when a family embraces or, or when a family is dealt the hand of addiction um the the terror that the terror that comes out the other end it, it it's devastating you know you you see you see affluent families just destroyed from uh, bad bad behavior on the addict and enabling behavior on their loved ones it just destroys families and you know the 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 thing is is it it really doesn't have to get that bad if you're if everyone is shooting for their own personal bottom hello hello oh okay i just heard like a big like a wave just came over you or something. Um, okay. If if everyone uh, it, is shooting...
2: It was, f- it was uh, us. We opened the window.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, if, if everyone's shooting for their own personal bottom, you don't have to get there. Ask for help now. Reach out now. Start asking questions now. The addict will ultimately find their way. Family members <laughs> have the... Uh, I'm not going to use the word easier, but they have the opportunity to be able to change themselves before it's too late for them. Before the, You know what I mean? Well, for
2: me, <laughs> you know, what I had to do was accept the fact that nothing at all I could do. Not one single thing was going to make one bit of difference. And that yeah. was hard. But once I did and just backed off, it got better.
3: Isn't that fast, Ellen? Say that again for all of our enabling parents
2: out there. There was not one single thing that I could do to make it better or worse. And when I backed off, that's when things got better.
3: And And so when you backed off, that's when you let go of control.
2: Right. I just had to realize I
1: can do nothing,
2: either way. And yeah. when you know, I and came to that point,
1: you know, it got better. You know, and I've said, as soon as my family um, stopped enabling me, my game was over. You know, yes. I, had a li- I had a little while to, you know, try to stick and move out there. But my game was over because my enabling body was gone. And left to my own devices, <laughs> I couldn't exist. Exactly. Exactly.
3: And Ray and Ellen, you know, this is where I, and and again, you know, the change in my philosophy, um, I never was a rager in my, in my sessions. I never screamed or yelled or used shame or guilt to try to get someone to, to break their habits or their addictions of codependency or substances. But I do know in the past that, you know, I used to give 1,001 passes And and now, as I look back at my early days in the world of counseling, compared to what it's like now, now it's just a simple statement. If you're willing to do the work, we can heal. If you're not, you'll find some other counselor that will enable you to stay on with your bullshit, manipulation, and lying. That's it. Right. It's that simple. You know. And I think it really is. Simple. It 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 is. Lot. It's really, it's a factual approach to the world of addiction that I think more people and parents need to look closely at. But what we're up against, as I've mentioned to you you guys on your show here many times, is that we're up against an industry that, for the most part, is still following protocol that was created 80 years ago with very little updates. Right. You know, and and even some well-known treatment centers, that charge thirty, sixty, eighty thousand a month are still working off these early principles. Um, we we have so much more knowledge that we've gained, and just like Ray, I was saying a little while ago. You know, when I was in the rooms and I used to hear people talk about relapse as part of recovery, I wanted to puke.
1: Yeah. Uh
0: huh.
3: You know, it's like, well, why don't we just give everyone seven thousand feet out the door? Yeah. You know. Right. <laughs> You know, like, if 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 you tell an alcoholic or an addict, oh, you relapsed last night, listen, don't worry about it. That's what we all do. It's part of recovery. Where's the incentive to wake up to be mature and responsible?
1: We're just enabling them to come back again the next time and hang their head and say, and hey, I did no, it again.
2: no accountability at all.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, hey, not, we only got right. about three minutes left. So I want yeah. I want to touch on that sweepstakes again, David, so that people can, if they missed it, um, why don't you share, share real quick about, one, how they can find your book, two, how they get in touch with you, and three, about the sweepstakes that's going on right now, and then we'll probably be out of time and have to say good night.
3: Okay, this is going to be so easy. Everything that Ray just mentioned, the free $6,000 sweepstakes counseling and life coaching giveaway, our new number one bestseller, Focus Slay Your Goals, which has a lot of information about codependency and overcoming addiction, as well as other challenges. And if you'd like to work with me one-on-one via Skype or phone from anywhere in the world, all of those three things are available at our main website, which is talkdavid.com, T-A-L-K-david.com. So you go to talkdavid.com right now. You can sign up for the free sweepstakes, and you'll be potentially a winner of some great free motivational information, and tools. You can grab the book. Uh, Then the forward is written by celebrity Jenny McCarthy, Focus, Slay Your Goals, and you can find out. Just click on the link, work one-on-one with David, and you can find out how you can work with me via Skype or phone from anywhere. And I look forward to helping all of Ray's and Ellen's uh, listeners bring your life to the next level. Instead of surviving, we teach people how to thrive at talkdavid.com.
1: Right. And, and something you said, you can be a winner. Uh, you are a winner. If you go to talkdavid.com, and even if you just sign up for the Daily Boost... You know, if you, if you don't win the sweepstakes and you sign up for the daily boost, you become that winner. Because like I said, it mo- some days it motivates me, other days it reminds me. You know, I, I think more so now it motivates me because I remember the little sentences that you're saying during the day. Other days it motivates me to pay a little bit more attention to what I'm listening to. So with that, we only have a minute left I appreciate you coming on again, David. And I know oh. we'll have we'll have you on very, very soon.
3: That sounds awesome, Ray, Ellen, I'm always ecstatic to be with you guys both. I appreciate the energy you put into this world to help people heal.
1: And thanks, thanks for coming well, thanks on for and being with, with, with us. that, with that, Ellen, Drive with safe. Miracles in recovery. Hope, hope is in, in your, your corner. corner.